What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Winner's Lounge. The Winner's Lounge, the baby. The first ever Winner's Lounge here at DNVR HQ. I'm, of course, Adam Hodges. I'm joined by Brendan Vogt in the black. All black? Yeah, all black. <laughs> for a funeral. <laughs> I dressed for the Lakers' funeral. Ooh, I like it. It was a funeral. Yeah, it wasn't Buried them big time. Uh, also being joined here by Eric Weedham. You might know him as D-Line Co. That's right. I'm, not, I'm very uncomfortable with your your greetings. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. some there's some a little I'll say it yeah. white powery. Yeah, let's uh, let's work on a new greeting. For anyone that's unsure <laughs> on the internet, we're not we're not <laughs> we're not pro white power <laughs> yeah, people. Definitely not. I think anybody who's ever known me uh, knows that I possess uh, no power of any kind, <laughs> <laughs> white or otherwise. <laughs> that's probably fair. Um, guys, my favorite day of the year, and it doesn't come every year, but my favorite day of any given year is the day the Nuggets beat the Lakers. Sometimes oh. it comes four times in one year. Oh, the sweetest day of every year. The sweetest day of any year. And the sweetest of all sweet days is when they absolutely beat the tar off of the Lakers, as they did tonight in Los Angeles in front of a pro-Lakers crowd. I would say that was a pro-Lakers crowd. I would crowd. say it was. It was not an equal Nuggets-Lakers <laughs> crowd. Nuggets don't travel well in L.A., it turns out. That's a real shame. Uh, but it was an absolute beatdown. And I'm going to start here. Before we get so start sending your questions, obviously we're live on Periscope. Um, coming up in the, I just want to tease this. Coming up in the month of January, we're hopeful. We're hoping that we can do these almost every game. I mean, oh, yeah. we, want to, we love interacting with the audience. It's one of the things that makes this show so cool. So um, you're gonna to want to start tuning in. Send your questions in now on Periscope. Brendan Vote's gonna be rocking the the uh, the mailbag. But I want to start here, guys. To start the season, Will Barton was back, and it was big because having him play at the level that. I believed he was capable at, mm-hmm. takes the Nuggets to another level. Nikola Jokic has been back now, I think, for about 10 games. Jamal Murray had a little lull, but he's got back over the last couple of games. I think tonight, Gary Harris. It's, oh, just, wow. it's just a one game. Ooh. It's just one game. Gary Harris looked like the old Gary Harris, especially in that second half. Can I summarize what you're saying? Please. The Nuggets are back. The Nuggets might be well. <laughs> the Nuggets are on a six-game win streak. Who am I to, to disagree with analytics? Is that that uh, that those Analytics. are raw numbers? Those are raw numbers. <laughs> those are some raw numbers. I did not massage those numbers. They are in a six-game win streak. Did you it even is, watch the games? <laughs> it is the uh, biggest win streak in all of the NBA. Is that true? That is a true fact. What is it? The biggest win streak of what's the biggest in win the streak? history of the NBA? <laughs> no, well, what's it's the not. biggest win streak this season by any team? I, well, I'm sure the you just Bucks have that. Just had an 18, an yeah. 18 or 20. I can't remember. It was, a, oh. it was like the fifth longest ever, so, and nobody mentioned it. Right. So like. A lot more than our six. Well, whatever. Yeah. Put it this way: for the Nuggets to to make like to lead tomorrow, it's, <laughs> yeah. we need to be like a thirty game win. Streak. Well, the we're one thing. That, well, lead, we're not going to lead tomorrow, but we will lead in that. We will talk about uh, what's wrong with LA without LeBron. All right, let's we'll uh, the, let's flesh out what what's already the most exciting part of this podcast, though, because Kaylee Bro asked it in the Periscope: Is Gary Harris back? Adam, you just you were alluding to it. <laughs> I do believe that's the question I raised, but yeah, no, no, um, no, I, I know. I don't want to. I, I never like to do this after one game, and you know, Gary's been he's had his moments. He's been up and down, but a couple games back, maybe even as recently as last. Actually, yeah, it was last game. Yeah, he had some wide open momentum shots. Oh, without there, question. There's some shots that are more important than others. Yeah, he's had some of those like. Ball is popping, open, crowds into it, and then he's and he's clanked him. But tonight, what I like, 7 of 10 from the field, 19 points, but 5 assists, 4 steals, a yeah. plus 18, which yeah. is almost a team high, only Millsap better. 5 assists better. is a lot for Gary. 5 season. assists is a lot. And, you know, he, he got to the rim. He just – he looked like the – he looked like – I don't want to say the old Gary, but he looked like a, a heck of a player tonight. I've got a, a buzzword for tonight for Gary, okay. and it was um, uh, he, he was driving with conviction. He knew exactly what Ooh. he was doing. It's conviction. I, he, 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 There's been a lot of dancing from Gary, especially when turning the corner on pick and rolls, a lot of indecision. He was decisive tonight. When he drove, he drove straight to the rim, and he made his mind up. What, he was, he was going to go and get a foul, go and finish a tough layup. Or dish it off for a pass. There's been a lot of indecision from him this season. I thought he he was playing with a purpose tonight. Well, I, listen. Normally, the La- if you're playing the Lakers, they don't like uh, the word conviction to be used. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. What? <laughs> but here's the thing: is that like uh, so, Gary Harris. Uh, one, this is one game. Like you're, you have journalistic integrity. A Brendan, little tiny bit. Yeah. Brendan, you have conviction. Um, <laughs> I have absolutely no problem spewing hyperbolic uh, theories and and just pointing out the fact that Gary Harris is 100% back. The Nuggets are back. Gary's back. Nicola's back. 
We're back. Millsap's back. Dude, Millsap, who's not back? So so it is kind of a funny thing because here's the thing about this season that has annoyed me, I think, and probably a lot of people out there. The Nuggets have been written off locally, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't be. The Nuggets are clearly a Tier 2 team. We've talked about that all year. But the thing that's annoying is that we are not even a third the way through the season yet. We're like a quarter of the way of the season yet. And here, and here, I have a theory I want to float out to you guys. And I actually, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Mm-hmm. When you have superstar one-on-one talent, I think your offense gets in a groove right away because great players are just great. The Nuggets have uh. Jokic as their best player, and Jokic at his best has the entire team on the same page. He's great at this, but guess what? It's really hard to do. When you look at the history of uh, and uh, you Phil Jackson's, but you t- read some of these books about some of the great coaches and great teams, and they talk about the entire NBA season as a process of getting everybody on the same page. And when you have Allen Iverson, you might not be on the same page in November, December, but Iverson goes off for fifty and you win the game. Denver's different. They take they need to get everybody on the same page. But the thing is, when they are on the same page. They're really freaking good. So I think for Denver, more than most teams, they need that sort of yeah. collectivism. Yeah. Well, they're they're coalescing, right? Mm. Like uh, they become becoming greater than the sum of their parts. I would agree. Uh, they're they're seasoning like a Which stew. We should notice there is really their only chance this year, right, to achieve some sort of Spursian. Yeah, like the arising property, like you said. Yeah, like well, yeah. So you're saying like in order to be like the Spurs, they have to be like the Spurs. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what's funny about the Spurs is that every year this in the great Popovich era, now they had great players, Tim Duncan, whatever. They did have good teams that hit the ground running and won sixty games and whatever. But the Spurs, especially in the back half of their of their run. They got a lot better in the back half of the year. They yeah. were a team that just kind of improved, improved. And then I've talked about this a couple weeks back, but they had a great three-year run, 2012, 13, and 14, um, ending with a championship in 14, but they could have easily won all three. I mean, I know people find that shocking, but they were very, this close all three years to having a three-peat there. But all of those years, they peaked going into the playoff. They just came together and went on massive winning yeah. streaks and then you know ran through. And I just, with Denver, I'm not saying they're going to do that. But the idea of writing them off in November, like just as oh, this is the team they're going to be in April. They of all teams, I think, are most not the team they are going to be in April. Well, the the th- the thing that was working against the Nuggets in this narrative, the way that you're talking about it, was that we were all expecting them to come into the season already having that continuity. Cohesion. Yeah, sure. that we were talking. The continuity was the story. Hit the ground in. running. Exactly. Like all of these new unproven uh, big twos or big uh, duos at, on all these teams weren't were supposed to have to try and find their footing and the nuggets were supposed to just like yeah pick up where they left off but they didn't do that at all um although here we are what are we 20 and 8 now 20 and 8 <laughs> what a disappointing year <laughs> it's the best start in nba franchise history for the nuggets i believe is that wild if, right? it, if it's not one it's two i know a couple games back it was number two by yeah. one game but they've won six in a row so i'm guessing he's probably right yeah, it's funny. I'm telling you, this team uh, of all, you know, but to the continuity part, I would agree with you to a certain extent, but two things. One, I think Denver, I think Jokic balls hard. Teams, there was an interesting article by Seth Part now over on The Athletic about he, a term he calls heliocentricity, which I actually like. That's, that's a science term, right, for like the, everything revolves around the sun uh, or, or a star. Nerd. And that's kind of it. his point was that, like, the NBA is moving towards this, the James Harden model, the LeBron model, the Russell Westbrook, like where there's one player that does everything and then there's a bunch of guys that just kind of circle him. Denver's the same exact thing. The difference is Jokic doesn't just hold the ball the right. entire time. It keeps going to and coming back, but it requires even more sort of right. like everybody being wired sure. into Jokic's brain. Because he's like, yeah, he's not the end point. He's right. not the end point. He's, like, the, yeah, uh, exactly. he's the fulcrum, right? Like, he's it has fulcrum. to go through him. Absolutely the fulcrum. But here's the other thing about continuity. You know how you finish the school year in May, and then you have the whole summer off, and you've forgotten everything, and you're like completely out of rhythm. You have to like get back. <laughs> on, like, i got to get my sleep schedule back or whatever. I think that's how it is in the NBA as well. Where you end in May is not where you pick up in October when you come for training camp. And I think often people think that that process is like linear. Right. And and often like I think to become the best version of yourself, we underestimate sometimes that that can include taking steps backwards, going through growing pains, figuring things out. Um and so like for example, the Nuggets I think went through an early test of like 
what is this offense, right? They went away from Jokic ball. It looked a bit, to be a bit more like Jamal Murray's offense, and they learned that lesson of, like, no matter how much better anyone else gets, Jokic ball is the way. But don't you feel like that wasn't – they weren't trying to do that? They, Nikola Jokic removed himself Absolutely. from Jokic Absolutely. ball? Like, Absolutely. So the first, like – There's a little chicken and egg. It snowballed. And then Jokic became even more passive, and then – Yeah, but I, I really just don't even – I think it's just, like – it's like what the Colorado Avalanche are going through like now and what they went through before where they were just missing top players and they weren't playing as well and everyone yeah. was like what's happening it's like your best players aren't playing and Jokic was playing but like he wasn't himself he was well, a well what's himself. neat is that there's a very clear moment for when this all flipped for Jokic and it was the last time they played the Lakers the yeah, last time they I played agree. is when he was in the locker room Anthony Davis especially down the stretch just really shut him down and I think there was this recognition from him of like yeah actually i can't just fire that switch because he tried to win that game for the nuggets i don't know what it was 10 games ago right and it's just like he fired the engine it didn't fire and i think it was the first time he was like okay i got to do something and he has and he's looked great and it's funny tonight i think it's funny watching the timeline because i think us watching the game well you're always into the game and made me nervous this or that i thought it felt pretty clear in the second half denver had it i mean like they were pulling away and it was like okay it was pretty comfortable mm -hmm. I saw people on the timeline, Jokic not being aggressive, not taking any of these shots. He had 18-6-5, and, and it was kind of the perfect Jokic game. Yeah. Like it just, he managed the game. Yeah. Everybody got involved. Him. Yeah, we didn't need him down the stretch. You didn't need him to be the like overly aggressive player. He just kind of like, I, I thought he just managed things really, really I nice. thought he recognized right away that they were playing the right way tonight, and he got he gets out of the way when that's the case. And when you talk about the right way, Will Barton double figures, Paul Millsap 20-21, Jokic double figures, Gary Harris double figures. Mason Plumley double figures, Malik Beasley double figures, and then Monte Morris nine. So you get eight points from Murray, Jamal, or, or for six points from Murray, and you still end up with six players in double figures and another just one off. Like to me, that is Jokic ball. That is a yeah. balanced offense approach, and that's what that's what you want to see. Thirty one assists as well. I mean the the bench flattened their bench. Yeah. The yo listen, the Lakers are so shallow as a team like you see what they look like when without, and as an organization and, uh, and, yeah and as, as fans and as like, a fan base yeah, true i mean like really like the, the word shallow doesn't stop when you're describing the lakers <laughs> every and the lakers single, every single aspect of what it is to be the lakers is quite shallow but the what, shallowest when they don't have lebron james like all of a sudden you're like oh right like javel mcgee like dwight howard uh kyle kuzma who just could not suck anymore do you want to do you want do you want to take because I have a take. We want some. It's, we all, very, it's a little spicy. Pl please, please, please. Anthony Davis, who was a minus 13 in oh, this game, baby. finished with 32 points and 11 rebounds. Oh, and he had can a we fine hate? game. He was very good. Anthony Davis, like we said, is one of the five best players in oh, all the NBA. Can we he was play maybe six or seven if you want to be can really, we bring really, some real shit. Can I, can I tell, you, tell you something? Nikola Jokic has never run out of gas like Anthony Davis ran out of gas today. Wow. Ran completely he has out of gas. never once been as tight. Because Anthony Davis just basically quit. Walking down the court on defense while he was neck and Yo, neck. He hurt, his, he hurt his ankle like he well, always okay, I'll hurts. Give him that. I'll give him that. There's he, a little. That man hurts his ankle against the Nuggets. No, the injury, I do think. You know, I, take, I take some of this back. The injury doesn't no, matter. No, no. But, I'm not, but I will not take back the fact that he could not, like, bending over, gr touching his knees during free throws, just absolutely exhausted Listen, from having to try to carry this team. And look, he played 33 minutes. I told you as it was happening, like, Anthony, we, like, watched him turn back into Pelicans' Anthony Davis. It's where spicy. He's, so spicy. Where he is, <laughs> like, he's he's good. Yeah, gee, guys, he's, I'm excited too, but wow. He's playing. No, no, no he's no, good. I'm actually, I sold by that one, though. He Listen, was dead what, tired. Well, he's dead tired, but, like, when he is forced to carry a team, he doesn't have the the ankle strength to do it. Like he yeah. hurts. Like he always he can't do it. Like he's just not good enough to carry a team for whatever reason. That gets back to when everybody criticizes him for not having that killer instinct. Um, he doesn't have it. Yeah. He doesn't have it. But like with LeBron, he doesn't need it. So I mean, he's a hell of a player. Oh, I'm not going to try listen, to go in too hard on like yo, the, the the alpha mentality and, or whatever because he's freaking incredible. And part of the reason why he's so exhausted is like he exerts so much energy on the defensive end. That guy is yeah, flying around, just covering it on hard. racing ground, but. Look, but all I'm saying is that how many times have you heard Jokic is out of shape, this or that? And yeah. I'm just saying he has never once been that tired in a game. And the same has happened I with agree. Embiid. I agree. So I think the next most interesting point tonight, uh, Malik Beasley played quite a lot. Huge played point. quite well. Oh, that's um, glad you went here. That's starting to become a pattern now, as we've seen more and more of. He's Beasley. really good. <laughs> He's really good. Uh, so I, I like this question in the Periscope from. I can't say your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're sure we're trading Beasley because um, plus sixteen and twenty one and a half minutes. That it felt like a plus one thousand. Do we ha do we have to make a trade? 
Probably. Do we have to? I mean, otherwise you just lose these guys. I mean, look, I don't want to say I know if Malik Beasley is happy in Denver or not because I don't know that. But I will say that he certainly seems unhappy with how things have gone this season. He doesn't seem like a happy person in the locker room. Um, he seems like a guy who just shot 40% from deep on five attempts a game and scored 35 against Houston last year, and he's thinking, I'm probably good enough to be playing. There's no problem. But we, yeah. but we agree that he is good enough, and I think Malone thinks he's good enough too, but there is a real a lot issue of, of like, okay, we tried to get an extension with what we felt we can afford. I'm saying I'm putting myself in Denver's shoes here. Yep. We did that, and it's not that we don't, you know, he's probably worth more. I mean, quite frankly, he's really good. It's just so, like, hey, what can you do? Like, where's the flexibility? There? So what? So what does this man fetch on the market if we have to? Trade well, him? so that's look. We've talked about this a lot. The why, part of why Tim Connolly's job is so difficult right now is, are you trying to get the best return possible for each guy in a vacuum, or are you trying to to just consolidate, clear up space? I, I mean, think at this point, like, you just have to get um, future assets, right? Like things that you so can just, like, like turn him into a pick or something. Yeah, absolutely. Like because it, the, the, I mean, what's the point of bringing in another guy that doesn't get minutes? Yeah, I mean, you can't let them go for nothing. You can't let them walk for nothing. But here, look, here's why it's tricky. Because in the meantime, the bench the bench with Beasley in there, in my opinion, has looked at its best this season. Sure. When Beasley's in there. No doubt about it. And, and so do I you, think with I think the starters, too. Because quite frankly, the Nuggets have some shooters that aren't very reliable. And, and Malik Beasley is extremely reliable. But here's the thing is that... Like, Malik Beasley was ridiculous tonight. He was so good. But he hasn't been this good all season, which is, like, why... Because he hasn't been playing. He hasn't, yeah. I'm but even when he come, he's come in and he hasn't, like, lit it on fire like he did tonight. I feel like I know what I get out of Beasley. I, I mean, he's he's not a guy that's going to create a ton of stuff, although he does have some passing. He just, if your offense is good, he gets open shots, a, he hits him. A Beasley open three is the best outcome for that <laughs> second unit by a lot. Uh, listen, I'm not. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Up. I'm just saying, like, I feel like we're <laughs> now in this place with this conversation with him, where everyone is sort of at peace with the fact that we have to trade him. I think um, he, I, I honestly, and some of this is a little bit just inside, not information, but just being around. I mm-hmm. just think we. I just think that's inevitable. Do you feel the same way, Brennan? Am I? Going no, I think far? a Beasley trade is, I just is definitely on the horizon. I, do, I just can't in any world see you, him on the roster. You drafted him. You developed him. He looks really good. And, and I don't even mean like because of basketball re- or whatever. I just think that sometimes things go past the yeah. point and it's like, yeah, there's no. Yeah. He is walking. And even if the Cronkies are willing to go into the luxury tax, you probably can't pay your backup guard that much. What, like, let's say it's 460 or whatever. You probably can't pay him. So. But, but here's the thing, Eric, and here's what I think the real conversation around Beasley and tonight is, is that he's a heck of a player, mm-hmm. and there's teams out there that really want him. Mm-hmm. Nights like tonight, I think his value goes Oh, that's up. what I mean. Like, we, I mean, we definitely get a first-round pick for him, yes? I think so. I think there's no question about it. We have if, to you, set- if that's what you want. And Te- we- teams, have want- teams wanted him last year. And teams are going to want him again. I mean, you want days. Tim Conley to have first-round picks. <laughs> yes, I, like that, I agree. That's I do what you, want him to have. A, like that's what you want. And um, go get another Beasley. All he needs to do, and I know he's probably watching Tim. Mm-hmm. Eastern Conference. That's all I have to say. Oh, I know. I don't yeah. want to get nerfed. <laughs> You're going. What would to. be the team you would get nerfed? The by? Lakers. Well, the Lakers definitely. It would be the Lakers. The Lakers have nothing. I mean, that's like, the what? thing. He's going to sign with LA in the off in the summer. But who is he? Who he wouldn't he gets sign because they to? also don't have the money. Like, I, I guess maybe it would be like the Clippers or something. I think being nerfed though, Portland wasn't you know one of the was... two best teams in the in the in in the conference when that happened. They were, they were the eighth best, and Denver turned out to be the ninth best. So the real answer would be if it was like Oklahoma City or Portland again. Can it be Portland again? No, you we know get who, Mellow back. You know who it's going to be? Who? Philadelphia. Oh, then you meet in the finals, and it's like even worse. I, mean, I already want to kill myself. <laughs> I can't. I can't allow myself to but go there. Long story short, before we get too far afield, Malik Be- Beasley is a heck of a player, and I wonder if you know Malone had that quote a little while back about like people are writing him off because he's not in the rotation. He might be. In. I wondered if there was a little like, hey, trade season's upon us. We need to. Uh, you know, we're not getting a lot of great calls right now. We need to get him in the out yeah. there. We need to get have him have a three for seven from the three point line night. What a terrible conversation we're having. I, I, I don't want Malik Beasley to leave. No, but I think Nobody it's, does. It's right now it's a really important question. And, and also because in the meantime you have this philosophical question of are you fighting for games for the one and two seed or are you, are you jump-starting or ripping off the Band-Aid for MPJ? Um, oh, sorry. Right, because cause is there more value right now trying to win every game, which obviously Malik Beasley gives, gives you your best shot at doing, or, or are you – are you ripping this Band-Aid off MPJ? So beyond the trade discussion, 
it's just it's important right now. I think it's an interesting question. I think it is too. Um, before we move on, we're going to talk about some Breckenridge Brewery and the beer of tonight. Strawberry Do sky. you guys know what it is? Uh, uh, it's got to be Strawberry Sky. Do you guys like? <laughs> Do you guys like the Strawberry Sky Walker for David Thompson or the Strawberry Sky Line? Ooh, Skyline. I, I think the strawberries. <laughs> I know Dave Thompson is too old of a reference. Too like, well, yeah, our, too our, our audience, maybe not so much. Um, the Strawberry Skyline, as people are calling it, starting it exactly at this moment. Yeah. It's actually, I think, would you say, Brennan, it's the most popular beer in terms of people that strawberry at, uh, that at us on Twitter? Absolutely. I think it's the one that people here is talking about the most, and they go, I haven't seen or heard of it's that. It's also new. It's got this yeah. like, newness to it. But well, it's delicious. Beer. And I can tell you, I was at the DNVR slash Sons of- can, can we talk about how great the tailgates are? They're so great. This I think this is the last one of the year, though, unfortunately. So I don't want to pump it up too much. I think there's one next. Well, the, we'll talk about it. The, yeah, but the uh, the Sons of Mile High, who, who is the um, tailgate that's been established and was awarded the best top tailgate best tailgate. We, and we partnered with them. Um, they're not doing it next week. Anyway, we were at the tailgate <laughs> today. It was on. It was also popping. We, uh, Dude, have the tailgates th- are for real awesome. Hey, it's man. it's free food. It's free beer until we run out. Yeah, um, which is becoming sooner and sooner. Yeah. in the day. Oh, but uh, but so I get to see like people's like real visceral reactions to drinking Breck. And brews. Eric's a superstar there too. Everyone wants to. Everyone comes over with a Breck brew in their hands. They've got a strawberry sky. Yep. They're drunkenly jabbing Eric in the yeah, chest, going, "You're the shirt guy." Yeah, I'm the and shirt I guy. wear your shirts every day. You're, you're a superstar there. And man. then all I do, and then I introduce them to Ryan and to Zach and all of these people, and then. Um, um, I think in some way that they're as excited to see me, but they really just want to poke me in the chest. <laughs> That's true. Um, which Your Q good. score is very high, as is Strawberry Sky, so check <laughs> it out. Um, t- speaking of high, <laughs> we got to tell you about our friends at Mile High Green Cross. Ooh. The guys offer an experience that you won't forget. A weed. It is. It, oh, you okay. see what yeah, I mean? Yeah, We're very, high, very high. For sure. Um, Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup winning product when you head to their website. Mile High Green Cross offers a variety of CBD products from edibles to concentrates to cartridges. They pride themselves on their customer service, and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. I like that, seasoned. They've been seasoned nicely. Would you say that I am a seasoned podcast host? Uh, I think that you couldn't. You would have to say that you're a seasoned podcast. Is it a spicy season? I I certainly wouldn't. Salty season? Seasoned, you mean old. I certainly wouldn't say that, but you can't really dispute it. Okay. (laughs) That's a great point. Um, Not to mention they have everyday low prices in-house products such as $99 pre-pack ounces. That's pretty cheap. And V3 hash oil oil bulk bulk deals, five cartridges for $100. Do you guys know I have a hard time with L's? Uh, I think everyone now does. Having a hard time Having, with this reach. Somebody was, somebody was making fun of me for saying Timber Wolves. <laughs> I hope it was like a small child that called you. I, probably, I just assume it is. Um, what's even better, the amount of time you spend in the dispensary, on average, the time you walk in and the time you walk out is only nine minutes. I know that's super important for me, my hectic and crazy life. Yeah. I'm always seasoned going, life. very seasoned person with a <laughs> hectic and crazy life. Um, they are informative and speedy. Head downtown today and check out Mile High Green Cross. They're conveniently located on 9th and Broadway, and they have parking in the back. Tell them who sent you. Actually, do tell them who sent you. Yeah. And then tweet us on Twitter. We'll retweet yeah, right. it. I'll, I'll probably be there. I'll, you can tell me. <laughs> um, yes, it's always it's always fun to run into listeners at the uh, dispensary. Let's go now straight to Paul Millsap, who had himself a night. 8 of 14 from the field, 21 points, plus 19 a team high. It's funny. I've said this for a while. The Nuggets cannot stop. LeBron James or Anthony Davis, and that was proved true tonight. Those two guys are just too good, and Denver does not have the players to do that. There's only like three players in the world that can stop. I was going to say Kawhi yeah. can slow down LeBron. The combination of Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala can slow down LeBron. Nuggets have neither of those three guys, and then Anthony Davis. Like I don't even know who the Anthony Davis guy is. Um, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. So the Nuggets don't have those guys, um, but. You can't outscore them, and tonight, like Millsap going for twenty-one points and being the leading scorer, to me, that's 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 how you do it. That's the blueprint. I've said this for a while. The Lakers are vulnerable to math. Three ver- <laughs> three versus two, and you keep them to one shot. Once you do that, you can really just like outgun them. What did the Nuggets shoot from three tonight? Am I putting you on the spot? You they were well, they were thirty-four percent, but okay. they were eleven of thirty-two. Yeah. 
I'm and you get three of four, by the way, from Paul Millsap, and then you also get Jeremy Grant two of three. So your your two power forwards who are combating Anthony Davis go five of seven. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, the interior defense for L.A. is outrageous. I mean, you really have good. To, you have to drive and kick, and you have to hit those shots. Yeah, it's, tr- it, it's insane that they go from Anthony Davis to JaVale McGee Great shot to blocker. Dwight Howard. Those are three elite shot blockers. Yeah. That is pretty amazing. Yeah, when LeBron James is on the floor, too. It's like, yeah, okay. It's probably hard. It's probably hard to score. One guy who didn't play so well tonight, Jamal Murray, 3 of 11. People were joking online. Um, He might have had some L.A. nightlife. That man definitely went out last night, 100%. Good for him. I hope he did. I mean, the next one. He had an air ball corner three. Yeah. He didn't look great. He wasn't his best Jamal tonight, but that's all right. He's been his best Jamal the previous two games, and uh, we got that dub, baby. Who cares? What I like about it, six points, a bad bad scoring night, but three rebounds, five assists, uh, one steal. I mean, he did have a little bit of, of other stuff going on. and Yeah, I mean, but he was like a non-factor. Yeah. We didn't need him, though. That's the greatest thing about it. That is true. About the the teamness, as George Carl would the say. The Lakers didn't have LeBron James, and the Nuggets didn't have Jamal Murray. That's right. Our two top scorers were out of commission, and so we had to rely on – Anthony Davis and uh, <laughs> I mean it, literally the, I mean it's crazy how quickly the Lakers fall apart once you take LeBron James off the floor okay but like take every team in the league and you take their best player off the floor and I think <gasps> but then we're just, just saying all of them uh, I've got another he's back do you want another he's back and I'm not too confident on this one but Monte Morris tonight a plus 17 in 20 minutes Listen. okay he had nine points Listen. he had five rebounds five assists at a certain point it's redundant to say that these people Two are assists. back the Nuggets are back I, I also think Monte really likes playing with Malik Beasley. I think they're very comfortable out there together. And every every playmaker loves playing with shooters, yeah. and especially guys that know how to re- re- that, relocate that's the big stuff. Thing, yep. Like, yep. I'm telling you, Yoke feels this way. I mean, th- there's something there's something to it. So, uh, do we have some questions coming in? Kind of. I mean, they're all sort of Malik Beasley related. Do you guys yeah. care that LeBron didn't play tonight? Does that affect your mood or anything? This means a lot less than that that he didn't play. Let's not lie to ourselves. Like if sure. LeBron played, it's a completely different yeah, game. This like wasn't every like a... aspect of the game is different. But do I care that the Nuggets just won their sixth game in a row? Like in LA. In LA. This, and this and was by a the way, scheduled loss. <laughs> this wasn't a luck up and win this game at the end because they got lucky. They were up by they a lot. They destroyed them. They destroyed them. They destroyed them. They had the the Lakers had 15 offensive rebounds, which we talked about in our halftime show. Which was just, I mean, that, I guess we could talk about this since it's going to be a podcast as well. That was the one thing you couldn't do against this team. Lakers weren't going to hit a bunch of threes. They weren't, mm-hmm. gonna, but they were going to crash the boards. And yeah. Denver allowed them to do that in the first half. 15 offensive rebounds in the second three. Is that right? Three. Yeah, that's huge. Wow. I mean that's uh, and again I think Malone probably threw a few chairs and said a few curse words uh, I'm not, you know <laughs> he has he maybe has been known to do but it's nice that the nugget the message at least got through Yeah well I mean again um like we were talking about at halftime um like six of those offensive rebounds came on two possessions No I I'm going to push back on that I felt like they were grabbing you're, you're right that there were a few big ones yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were also just uh, they the, were the majority all, I, of the time that, down the court. They were getting a second yeah. Look. No, that absolutely like you felt that just yeah. watching the game. That like, oh my god, the Lakers are getting every offensive rebound. Yeah, no, for sure. But they did clean it up. And look, Denver was has been in the Jokic era one of the best defensive rebounding teams in all of the NBA. So yeah. yep. it's not just that they gave those up; it's that they gave up a thing they're supposed to be really, really strong at. That's concerning. Um, but give the Lakers credit that height, that length, that plays a big part of this of why they were able to grab those boards. Uh, we had a Flacco Chanchar sighting, which I know it's not that noteworthy. He had two points. <laughs> First career points, baby. Uh, he had a rebound and assist, so he was actually on pace for a triple-double for 36. <laughs> um, but it's just cool. It's cool that Vlatko got it into the game. The coolest thing about Vlatko's appearance is that he got his shot blocked by JaVale <laughs> McGee out at the three-point line, which we all started dying with laughter when that happened. But then he like did he a play. super hustle play. He like got the ball back, and then he made a, a sweet dish. Like... He wasn't rattled. He was like, "All right, what, whatever. I'm Vlatko. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm Chanchar. You yeah. think I care? You gonna uh, get under my skin? Yeah. Oh, no doubt about. It. And honestly, they Monte kind of dicked him over there. He's like, "Here, ISO." Vlatko <laughs> <laughs> like, really clearly yeah. did not want to ISO. And he's like, "Oh, okay." What he was I, not. Uh, he was not in the best. Pull up to think, um, We get desensitized <laughs> to like the micro scale. These are human, not athlete moments, though. And legitimately, really cool. Like those were his first NBA points tonight. And Vlatko is 
Look, I mean, with all due respect, he's closer to you, me, anyone listening than LeBron James, right? And so, I don't know. It's just like because he's not like super famous. And, yeah, he's uh, not going to be the greatest player of all time. Right. But it's a really cool moment. Like he worked really hard to get there, and yeah. he's just a good dude. So I was hyped. I was very hyped as well. Um, yeah, it was. It was good to see him out there. You know, it was funny in the preseason. All of the players talked about how much they liked playing with him. He goes down to the G League, and his numbers haven't been great. He had one game where he was incredible, right. but the other games, it's kind of been whatever. But I do think he's a a fifth option kind of guy. He maybe not good enough to be there. I, I had an know. interesting conversation with him in Philly about the G League, and he said at first he was trying too hard to fill what his role would be on the NBA team. Yeah, right, which is just get rebounds, play defense. But roles are always scaled up in the G League, and he's he realized he needed to be more aggressive. The coaches t- were telling him to shoot more, and so I think it's really weird for a guy who's hyper aware of what his role should be when he's in a, a kind of like faux ecosystem like that. That I mean, that think about. Tory Craig, the, mm. like the the story on Tory Craig was that he was the G League LeBron James, thirty six points, yeah. like eight steals. Yeah, it was yeah. Like ridiculous. Well, I mean, like it, it's really clear when there is NBA talent in the G League, but then it's always unclear how that's going to translate and and work into an actual team right. construct when it comes when they actually come up. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing with with Chanchar. I mean, he doesn't really. I mean, I don't know what his role is. He does. I don't think he frankly has a role. So. Uh, it is just nice to see him have his natural basketball, uh, just his you know his uh, instincts kick mm-hmm. in, and like he just looked like oh, okay, like yeah, this guy, yeah. this he dude can like do it. This, I mean, he's he a doesn't player. look like the guy you can ISO out on the wing, yeah. but that's fine because <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. that's going to be too. Yeah, but I mean, like he looks like a competent NBA player, so that's uh, you, this is like another feather in, in another cap for Mr. Tim Conley. So we, we we probably have to have the exhausting conversation here, oh, the I'm exhausted so conversation. Uh, thoughts on MPJ not coming in. When up twenty with five minutes left, Chanchar I mean, baby. How, <laughs> oh, and with the last like, th- I don't think it was five though. I thought it was like three. Might be. I think it was about three minutes. Because yeah. um, right around the five minute mark, it, it dipped back below to yeah, seventeen. And I, think I, I got a, a little nervous. Out. Yeah, Jokic didn't come back in until like no. five thirty four yeah, 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 or yeah. six minutes. So um, I'm fine with it. Like uh, those yeah. minutes are not useful minutes for developing a player. Right. Those are show minutes. You go like, hey, just don't shoot till yeah. the last buzzer, right. and then. And and frankly, like it was good to just see because that was right when uh, Wancho and Chantar ca- came in at the same time, and either one of those were were taking the minutes from MPJ, and it's sort of like okay, like the, and, everybody and, need every all these mouths need fed, and MPJ has been getting those first half minutes with the starters or starters plus Grant, yeah. which is far more important. To and he had a shot, like he looked he looked decent. MPJ tonight, um, right. Right at the end of, I think, the first quarter, back-to-back plays, they go right at him at this like dribble pitch action at the top of the key. And it, the first time he screwed it up, and I think, I don't remember who was playing the point, it might have been Caruso at the time, like just recognized it. I was like, he doesn't know what to do here. They ran it again, got another great look. He, I think it was Kuzma or whoever missed the shot. But it, it is those types of plays where it's like, if, if a, a player on the court can very quickly identify that you are lost, you're just a, right. you're so vulnerable. Right. And unfortunately, that's what happened uh, tonight. But MPJ, I-, I think Malone is in a tough spot in the front offices as well because, quite frankly, MPJ is a real, real risk every minute he's out there. And I think it's great. At this point in his career, yeah. At this point in his career. Yeah. And, and I think it's great that Malone is sort of trusting him to go out there. But, you know, it was the better option to not play him in the second half within the regular flow of the offense. Don't, do you think? Do you agree? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is not developmental time. Like, we need to get that dub against the Lakers. It's both, though. I mean, no, it is development. That's what's so hard about this. Is And I think Malone is, like, nights like this, I guess because they win, and they win by 20, you kind of, like, say, okay, this was great. But there is something to say, like, hey, five minutes, you get to go do that. And if you're great, you get a second stint. But if not, that's all you're promised. Yeah, and right. it's a close game. Right. That's all you're promised. Against the Knicks, he put him back in for a second stint, even though he was playing poorly. Right. Yeah, against right. the Lakers, no. No, I like it. It's fair to him. He's giving him a legitimate, honest shot in that first half. And if the game calls for it, or if he played well enough, then he'll get those second half minutes. And I, that allows Malone that sort of play it by ear wiggle room. You know what I mean? Of, of how are we going to play this in the fourth? We know athletes are wired differently than the average person. Very, very differently. And I think it's very rare, especially for young athletes, to just understand that they're not good enough. And I know that's crazy to think because we're all watching it from a different perspective or whatever, but... I do think there is something to a player having to just be like, I'm not good enough to be on the court, and I'm sort of a liability right now. Yeah, and I don't, and I wonder if MPJ has that sort of perspective. I don't know. I listen. I mean, just 
a, as a casual observer. I mean, he's not moping and pouting. Yeah. Like, I think that he kind of gets it. Like, you I, I, I think, weirdly enough, it, it was a couple weeks ago, kind of towards the end of that, that road trip, where I, I, I don't know if something happened and there was a conversation between the two, but I feel like over the last six, seven, eight games, there's been sort of that understanding. Because I do think he was frustrated. Yeah, there right. were moments where there was no... Oh, yeah. But I do th- I, to your point, I think the last five, six, seven games, something has happened. Look, I think we just talked about that fourth quarter flexibility, but I think at this point, for the most part, he knows he's going to get to play and when that's going to be. Um, and, and that was, you know, from what I saw, that was where the frustration lied. And look, I think he deserves credit. It's got to be really hard to keep your head up and smile. I asked him that in Philly, and he just said, look, man, I'm just happy to play in basketball. So I, I do think he gets it, um, but you're right. What motivates him? Is, is he motivated by going out there, playing with the starters, and not being good enough? Because I do think the great players, to your point, Adam, they recognize those moments as, oh, wow, I got I to gotta get back in the lab. I got to get better. This is the uh, DNVR Nuggets podcast, which is presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. I don't remember if I've mentioned that or not. Probably not. You have not? <laughs> have um, not? But wow. Davidson's locally owned and operated with Sorry, over a Davidson's. thousand varieties of beer. That's right, a thousand. One on how, the nose. How many different? Uh, exactly a thousand. They never have more than that. Um, Do they have Breck? Of course they have Breck. They have a great deal on Breck, too, if you download their then app. I'm going, bro. Download their app. Use the promo code FIRST10. Receive 10% off your order. A, a purchase of $25 or more. Um, how many beers do you think? Do you think you've had a thousand different beers in your life? Different me? beers? No. Uh, me? Absolutely not. I, I've had like seven beers. That's in my definitely life. not true. Uh, I've, I, how many beers do you think you've had? Different uh, kinds. Different kinds. Okay. Uh, you're, you're talking to the least adventurous uh, person when it comes to different tastes and different. Okay. T- so I, say, I probably I probably had ten beers. I'd say over twenty, under thirty. That feels really. Yeah, that's wild to me. I bet you I've had that. at least a hundred beers. I mean, living in Colorado, just how many times you're just around and you have these. You know, you just tr- tr- yeah. No, I, Dude, I would how say how many Breck beers have you had? Like ten different Breck beers. That's a good on, point. Man. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you did, the, like, yeah, the question yeah. for me is like how many beers have I had available to me that I didn't try. And is it a million? It's a one million. It's at, at minimum, least a million. At minimum, one million. Yeah. Well, you're you know you're not a, a true Colorado, I suppose. <laughs> I am a, as true a Coloradan is the, as do, there is. But um, don't they do wine and liquor too? They do do wine and liquor. Yeah. I, this doesn't on the read. It doesn't tell me how oh. many bottles of wine they carry. But I would guess it's one thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You're probably right. Anyway, you guys, I think, need to go down to Davidson's Beer White and, and Liquor and just kind of walk the aisle. They also have that thing where you can, like, make your own six-pack of different uh, beers or whatever. Yeah, so it's really, uh, really, really, really cool place. Um, so, yeah, check them out. And then also, you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is very important. Actually, it says pretty important. I'm going to go ahead and alter this. Very and say important. Very important. It, is, it is very important. Our friends at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam... That's right. You simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. You want to know something funny? Yes. Because because we do this, and I actually don't mind it. I kind of like it. People talk to me about my teeth now. Because I've mentioned like on the show that I was at the dentist the other day or something, and <laughs> and somebody said something like, "Yeah, I heard you saying this. Is that because you you because you went to the dentist this week? You have a lisp or something like that?" And I'm just like, <laughs> weirdly. But you know what? I'm a public. I'm gonna, figure, I'm gonna keep leaking every private and personal detail of your of life, life to the public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's really. I really got uh, recognized um, at a store recently, and. I thought he was about to tell me what a big fan of us he is. He goes, I am such a big fan of Adam Mares. Yes, let's go. And I was like, thanks, man. I will, awesome. I will forward that to Adam. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. This is great to hear. Um, if you see him again. Yeah, did, did, he, did he have thoughts on Adam's teeth? <laughs> uh, just that they're not overrated. Uh, overrated. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Jesus. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the hotline. Come on, vote. This is mm-hmm. your gig. Um, Oh, Eric, this one's for you. If you had to choose between receiving Kuzma and a traitor poking out one of your eyes, which eye would you choose? I hate Kyle Kuzma we so know. deeply. Can we talk about it? No. Yeah, I, hate, I think we should talk about it. I've been prompted. All right, you're right. Yeah, I you have been prompted. I've been prompted. Kyle he Kuzma. He's outside the DNVR umbrella, so we are, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys, we, uh, again. His opinions do not reflect. Do not reflect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. listen, listen. You, they might, but we're not going everyone to. Else, everyone else that you'll encounter under this roof through these podcasts has something called journalistic integrity. I possess none of that. I don't mm. care. 
I hate Kyle <laughs> Kuzma because I think that he's a clown. Uh, I find that his I find his uh, attitude to be obnoxious and undue, undeserving. He's more confident than he should be. Well, you should feel very good that when he gets traded for Andrea Guadalla and lines up in Memphis, you will never hear about him again. I look forward to that. I felt that uh, we call that the Lonzo Ball treatment, Lonzo and, I, and Ball. I'm looking forward to him get, receiving it just like uh, his brethren, uh, the, the 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 core of the Lakers that we couldn't break up. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Uh, Do you guys, Josh? Know, I I refuse to quit. I know you can't. I refuse you, you, to give up. He can't quit, no, 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 Lonzo. No. Well, but I, I'm almost ready to quit on Lonzo. <laughs> I gotta admit, it, I might have to just take an L on it. You know what's so funny, uh, people of Periscope? Do you remember when uh, we had Emmanuel Moutier? Mm. And <laughs> yeah, I do. Can I t- let me say something though? Here's my belief. We talk about Jokic ball and how it takes all this time. Yeah, I have a belief, and that belief is that. You get five smart, or I should say, four smart, like really smart players yeah, that yeah, just yeah. see the court yeah. together around Jokic, yeah. and it doesn't take very much time. It just happens, and he's one of those guys. Can he shoot? No. Are there weaknesses? Can he finish at the rim? No. no. But you know what? He just sees the court, and I just think that with enough manipulating, like everybody can score. So I'm back. I'm back on the You're back on Lonzo. I just quit for like five seconds. Oh my god! I'm back. Send help, please. Somebody. I mean, like, but here's the great thing. Malik Beasley stock through the roof. Lonzo Ball stock through the floor. So you 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 now want to trade? No, I don't. I'm just saying that it might. You know, you want your assets, your players, whatever their value to be very high. Sure. You want the players that you want their value to be very low. And in two cases, we might have a very good good thing going on. Nemanja 007 says, "What if the Lakers trade Kuzma for Malik?" Yeah, I think you have enough forwards Jesus. in Denver. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's also, a hard pass. No, thank you. I, I mean, like, I actually, uh, yeah. I'm not going to agree about some of the character assassinating going on. Yeah, this, this, yeah. This, thank you. But I am going to 100% agree with the idea about this player being a guy that if he was in Memphis or Orlando, yeah. like you would just be like, "Who's that guy?" Again? And congratulations again on your journalistic integrity. Thank you. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, Mayo Lover wants to know if is Murray able to be a positive even when the shots aren't falling this year. I can't. I can't get over the name. We're gonna have to start there. Did you guys see that that video of the at the hockey game where they're eating tubs of mayonnaise? I did not. I'm you didn't skip see that this? video. Nobody where? saw. It's a girl. It's like a, it's like a couple. In, it's a guy and a girl, and they literally have a tub of mayonnaise that and like the camera just like catches them. They don't know they're on, and they're just like eating the. They mayonnaise. don't know they're on. First they off, they brought a tub of mayonnaise to the game. I think so they this is in. This is a little weird. Hold on, bring squids. <laughs> but hold on, hold on. This this was <laughs> That's true. Where like, squids what happens if from? you don't get a hat trick? You're like, well, I just can't. This fucking. I squids. Take this home. Do you guys know what that's? Why do I look stupid? Do you know what that's all about? What is it? The octo. It's actually the octopus. Okay. Is uh, an octopus it's an a octop- type of squid? No, absolutely okay. not. <laughs> I tried. I tried to say <laughs> those are two different rectangles. Uh, the reason that they throw <laughs> the octopus on the ice is because you used to have to win eight games to win the Stanley Cup because it was just the two rounds. Oh, really? So there's eight ha- eight arms, and so for some reason Detroit felt like murdering octopi yeah. forevermore was it's appropriate. It's actually like the ultimate just excess. Like society's doing way too well that people in Detroit, in Detroit. get octopuses yeah. from the sea yeah. and bring them to throw onto the... <laughs> yeah. uh, like, Again, think about as a yeah. society how much excess we have Although, bro, thing that happens. It, I do believe it's octopi. Uh, it's not octopuses. It's not octopuses? <laughs> I don't think that's a word. I don't think um, it's octopuses. Mayonnaise, overrated, underrated, properly rated. Uh, okay. Okay. In, 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 in what capacity? Like as a food on a sandwich? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you're saying out of a, a tub. He's asking in a tub. With <laughs> no, I'm saying as a condiment. Of I'm course. saying like on a sandwich, it is properly rated. Out of a tub, quite overrated. <laughs> <laughs> there are some things you don't have to have tried in life to know that's not like the thing you want. I have um, terrible food taste, so I think mayonnaise is great on a sandwich. And I it's actually, great. I actually feel terrible about about that. Yeah, Why? Because I think mayonnaise is like the what is it? I don't actually even. Know. It's egg. Yeah, I don't it's, want it's, it's egg based. Like egg and, and milk or something. Uh, I believe it's egg and oil. And oh, like, this is so bad. Yeah, it's disgusting, but it is yeah. good. So what was his question again? Uh, <laughs> can Can Jamal Murray be of benefit even if his shot is not falling? Yeah, I think so. Um, like we didn't tonight. see it tonight. We didn't see it tonight. Yeah, but I will say this. One, one I think, under-discussed sort of like umbrella thing about Jamal's entire season, he's invested on the defensive yeah, end. Yeah, he is. That's great and point. that's a night and day thing for me. Yeah. And also, we've talked about just the, the role of gravity, and Jamal Murray has it. His gravity would be so much stronger if he would take more three-pointers. How many did he take tonight? Six. He went 0 for 6. Um, <laughs> Should have gone 0 for 8, I guess. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> no, but I, I do think that there is something to, like, 
people look at him as we can't let this guy score. Yeah. And there's just value to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and they, they did it. He didn't score. <laughs> they did a good job. <laughs> he did have five assists tonight. Five assists are important to right. him. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Mayonnaise? Uh, mainly mayonnaise. I don't want to have to go back to mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. Oh, P.J. Dozer looks sick. Are we going to see him at all this year? I don't un- Unless someone gets hurt or maybe there's value in resting someone. Oh, you know what? I would love to see a rest game Jamal for, for Jamal where Monte starts and, and P.J. Dozier. We is called up specifically to use a minute. Yeah, we talked about we talked about this before any of these hot lights turned on. But is there a world in which um, this like group of players that we're talking about being traded all the time, the Wanchos, the Beasleys, um, that Monte Morris gets thrown into that group as well, and PJ Dozier comes up yes. and takes his spot. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this yep. up because I think it's actually the direction we should go with that with this question, which is Monte Morris is a heck of a player. Backup point guard is not the most important position in the game. It's probably the seventh or eighth most important like role on a team. And Monte Morris is really, really good, but I don't think he's a player that you look at and go, he just Nuggets cannot lose him. They can't afford you whatever. You can almost always go out and get a backup guard. And right? if a team needs a Monte Morris or values him and sees him as something more maybe than what Denver does, and you feel confident enough about a P.J. Dozier, I absolutely think there's something worth that. I mean, his contract, Denver kind of controls Monte's right, so there's value right. there. But I think by no means should he be looked at as a guy that's like completely off limits. As much as I love him, and I love Monte, although he's a big fan. Is he sort of like under that cost control player sort of umbrella at this point? For this year and next. This year and next. But there's going to come a point where he has entered the Beasley-Wancho phase of this. Is he staying? Do do you get value for him? So if you're high on P.J., um, who, if nothing else, by the way, I think he's an NBA-sized guard. Oh, no so, doubt about it. There's real value to that. It sounds to me, and I don't, I'm not reporting anything, that the organization really likes him. So high character. I've heard nothing but great things from teammates. High character guy, like like a, a truly good guy, not just like a you know whatever. But it, so I think there's something there to him. The shot. I mean, you have to be able to shoot if you're a point guard in this league. If you win in Phoenix. And so your would that be a seven game win streak? It wouldn't. You get both of those losses that we all had penciled in at flipped into wins. Maybe you look to rest Jamal at some point when you get back home on Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, ooh. <laughs> uh, which brings me into a question that someone asked. I'm gonna give me. Give well, I got me. one from Noah Tucker that I can ask right. If well, you, if you hang on. Win. From okay. Basketball Baller 120, how long will the winning streak be? Well, that was the same. Oh, question. Oh, shout out Tucker, to Tall Tucker. Out to, well, more or less. So it's let's a, look really at tall, the schedule. Let's, pull it, yeah, up. let's yeah. pull up the schedule. So we're at six. We're at the, it's we're at six right now. Yes. So they Correct. go to Phoenix tomorrow night. That's gonna be a tough game. Honestly, like that is a tough game. Of the next three, that's the toughest one. What is Phoenix's health situation? Do we know? Aiton's back, right? Aiton's playing. Aiton's back. Yeah, Aiton's back. Although. Yoke did have a perfect triple double against. Yeah, I was gonna say that time. might be good news. Um, tomorrow night is just the toughest one because Phoenix good and it's on the road and it's on the second night of a back to back. But you get that one. I would. What would you put that game at right now? Uh, for the the line. Yeah. Uh, I would say Nuggets by two. If we go to Three. the ever reliable action uh, five thirty eight close, we see that it is a pick'em. It is fifty one percent Phoenix, forty nine percent. Well, Denver's. On the road, second half of a back-to-back. That's I mean, great. that was – and I thought they were going to be scraping for this one and losing a tough one. So I had that as a loss. I like what I see out of the Nuggets right now. I like what I see out of them. I'm going to pick it even though it's tempting fate to, to say it. I didn't feel like they exhausted themselves tonight. I know there was the minute they did play in the fourth, but I think – I mean, what, Jamal? What if Jamal just goes off in Phoenix? He's due. I oh, think yeah, they he's can doing win that He's game. actually had some big games there. Yeah. Then you've got New Orleans on Christmas Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have a little cold water. I don't know if I'm. I think they might lose tomorrow. <laughs> of course, it's a pick'em. I know, but I'm saying like, are you picking them to lose tomorrow? I would. I think I would pick for them to lose tomorrow. Okay, I get that, and I w- I had it a loss until today. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going to take them as a win just I, because I do think there's something to like, guys. We have a chance to have a 10 game winning streak right now, I know. and that is just such a. Big All I know game. is that any time we scheduled a watch party last year. Um, regardless of the heat that the Nuggets were experiencing at the time, like they would just inexplicably lose games like to Phoenix, at Phoenix, that they did last year. Um, they lost by like 18 points. It made absolutely no sense. We <laughs> made a big deal. We all showed up and watched. I'm just saying like 
the NBA is unreliable. Like you just don't know. And of like, course, it's so, a pick'em game. It's yeah. truly 50-50 game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just am feeling the Nuggets right now. I am I'm too. I mean, high, so. the Serbian guy eight 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 points out that every time someone mentions the fact that Malone's gonna wear a headband if they win ten in a row, the Nuggets immediately lose. Is that a so, thing that happened? Did I miss this? Yeah. He said he'll wear a headband. For yeah. when? For in what circumstance? If they win ten in a row. But it just like I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't think don't you can coach it. with a. Um, hold on, because I want to keep right, going through this. Go and you mentioned something that reminded me. You said something about a watch party. Yeah. I don't think we're officially announcing this yet, but I'm gonna like fake announce it since the bosses aren't watching. There might be one on the eighth of January. Wow. There just might be. Keep it on the down. Keep it on the down. Might the might, bo- might be my my birthday. The bosses are might going be a real to be pissed. They're gonna be can so mad that I promoted this exercise. All right, so New Orleans on Christmas. Like, look, New Orleans is terrible denver's really good it's christmas day it's a revenge game it's a revenge it's, game. i think denver oh, rolls i think, I think denver, denver rolls. rolls and then you have memphis on home with two days rest like denver gets a nice break and then they play memphis i just i, I i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think it's a 10 game winning streak the headband nine, game. Nine game then you have sacramento on the second night of a back-to-back another tough game but denver blew that game the last time it's another yeah. revenge one i'm gonna say it's a 10 game winning streak I cannot wait to see that sweet headband on Michael Malone. Yeah, I agree. I think they already lost both of those trap games to those teams respectively already this season. And I think they come out and they get revenge wins. Tomorrow night's the toughest one. Let's let's see him get it. All right. You you flip me. I'm back, back, baby. He's back. I'm back. (laughs) I need your optimism. Do we have any more questions? Um, Nah, I think we're good. We're done? Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. This was fun. I like these live shows. I like just talking about BS. It's fun. And also talking about the Nuggets. Um, What a a turnaround from where we were seven games ago or six games ago. I mean... The, the desolation we There's felt. There's a us, lesson in that somewhere. No, well, I'll be honest. I think us closest to it. And I was lowest on the Nuggets, I think, at the last Lakers loss. But when they went on that road trip... I just saw Jokic coming out yeah. of hibernation, and I saw some things percolating, and they kept losing because they played really freaking tough teams on a really tough schedule. On the East Coast. But I think, for me, the positive vibe started before the win streak, yeah. and now we're starting to see it. And, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if they can keep this momentum going, get a little hot start, because January is going to be absolutely brutal. Really? You're going to want to see the Nuggets hitting their stride going into January because that's when they can really make some noise if they get some of those tough ones. StravaCraft Coffee. Excited to tell you about the game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines. You have those. Back pain, you have those. Arthritis, IBS, you've got that. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.